0: Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Conrad, and this show is where we hear the real stories from real people changing the world. From everyday people to the top celebrities, all the conversations are real, raw, and always unscripted. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get to today's guest all right everybody welcome to unscripted one-on-one and uh unique week this week i'm doing uh something that kind of came up uh last minute but i saw that mount vernon thanks to COVID, is doing a, a virtual homecoming this year so uh i i, I had a few kind of in the bank already uh just friends and alumni that uh, i had already recorded and so i reached out to some other people and what an honor tonight honestly to uh to have coach scott fleming on and um I didn't get to play for coach Fleming and maybe we can get into if you remember me being around the gym because I was pretty much lived in that place while I was there. Uh, Actually, coach Veal called it the house that I built when I was on a recruiting trip with my son, but so I I spent a lot of time in the gym but coach why don't you introduce yourself tell us a little bit about your family and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, so. Everything. Uh, my name is Scott Fleming. I was the coach at Mount Vernon in, in AD for for 20 years. In fact, I've spent about a total of 26 years at MBNU, so it's almost half my life. Uh, so obviously, we really love the school. And my wife, Sean, worked there for many years. We're both graduates of MBNU. You know, I, I was a I was a student. I, I worked in the admissions office. I worked in the athletic department, and I was even a, a parent of, of a student there and my son went there. So, um, you know, we have a lot invested in MNU and uh, left there in 2010 um, and have had quite a journey since then. We've been a lot of places and maybe we can get into that. Presently, I work for the NBA and uh, I'm the head coach and technical director of the NBA Academy. In India, unfortunately, like everything else, that was kind of shut down in March. So we're doing a lot of virtual things. I've become the the Zoom master like everybody else, you know, um, doing a lot of Zoom sessions with our players and kind of keeping them accountable. And hopefully, you know, we'll get back together in the spring sometime or sooner.
0: And coach, you took over, I re, remind me if I'm wrong. I, I believe coach Blickian was my freshman year. So that would have been, not to, to age myself here, but um, I believe that would have been
1: 89. Did you take over? I I guess it would have been my sophomore year in '90. He, I think, he finished '89, '90, and then I came in the next year. And I do remember you being around the gym quite a bit. So (laughs) just get that out of the way. (laughs) Oh,
0: good. Well, at least I left my mark. You know, I, I I might not have been on the court, but uh, well, I actually, I was. I, I typically sat over by the weight room, uh, by the bench during games. You know, like. I don't know. Half 90 percent of the team was my friends, so uh, that yeah. was my
1: circle of influence. Well, and, and and Coach Beal used to sit over there too, near the weight room. So, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. Well, it's a uh, it's an honor and a privilege now to have my son play there. I mean that that that's really special. And you said you you had a a son that went there, and you know there's something special about that to uh to have someone there um, and to go back. You know, it's just a, it's a great place. It really is. And and uh, it's an honor to be there. And, and I, I, you know, like I said, I was close to the whole team. And, um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, and this, uh, not to go kind of dark right away, but, you know, we all walked through Ronnie and Darren. Yeah. And I believe that didn't you have to, weren't you, weren't you the one? And again, I, I hate to go to a very sad place, but, um, you know, I just had so much honor and respect for you in that I believe you were the one that actually had to go to the site. Was that right? Is, is that my history right? Yeah, I did.
1: I did. You know, that was, uh, that'll always, you know, be something I remember, not for good memories, but uh, there, there were some that came out of it, but really tough days. I I had to go identify them, uh, you know, when they had been in the accident. And then I actually went with a policeman to tell their parents hmm. that they had passed. And, and to this day, um, I've told this story a few times, you know, I, when I went to Ronnie's parents and Ronnie had a great family and what a great young man, you know, Mm -hmm. I loved coaching him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I looked in the window and they were, his parents were watching TV and just laughing, uh, you know, out loud. And, and I thought in 10 seconds, I'm going to tell them that their son's passed. And so to, to this point in my life, and probably will always be the hardest thing I've ever done. Wow. Is to walk up to that door and to tell them that, You know, Ronnie had been in an accident. So yeah, yeah, and then all that happened after that, there was a a lot of healing and and, uh, people coming together. And, you know, it was, of course, it was a a great thing that the coaches in the conference actually decided they wanted to have a Ron Holmes award for the best player in the conference every year. And that meant a lot to us. We had his family come in and they would present that at times. And so um, and I even have some context still with his sister, uh, joy. Boy, yep. Mm-hmm. She was a fabulous player at Purdue, the player of the decade, decade yep. there. Yep. And, uh, if people don't know her son, uh, mm-hmm. is Gary Harris, who right. plays for the Denver Nuggets, Nuggets starts for them. And so, you know, I, I've sent her a lot of pictures of Ronnie and we just don't talk a lot, but we, we've stayed in touch.
0: Yeah. Incredible family. Um, you know, Ronnie lived right next, uh, right next door to me, um, my sophomore year. So I had Chris Maston as was my roommate for, for, yep. you know, and, and, uh, and then Ronnie and, and, and Ronnie and Darren were right next door in, in the old dorms. And then we had uh shoe and uh, Bill Hines were next to them and Van Fossen and Wells were next to them. So that, that was kind of our row. And, uh, you know, my weekends were pretty boring because they were always all gone, but, right. uh, Man, I love Ron and Darren. And, um, you know, there's no, and many people would, that know me, um, I've talked about him so, so many years since then, the fact that no greater impact. And I think you, you probably remember this, his funeral or his, uh, his visitation, the, the line was out the door and around the right. block. We right. were two hours late. My, my parents came down to take us, to take me because I was, I was pretty distraught. That was really, really hard. And, yeah. uh, my parents came down they we got lost and uh we finally got there like two hours late and the line was still out the door down the and around the block just just an impact of what a what an incredible impact he was and darren as well like no. um just love those guys and I, I didn't mean to go to that place but i
1: i know you were connected with them as well yeah and and, and there are a lot of great memories we we always want to remember people before all that happened and right you know, I love Darren and and Ronnie was, uh, you know, he was somebody that really helped a new coach yep. get adjusted. And he, he was the star of the team. He and Steve Gregory, mm-hmm. and they accepted me with open arms after having a good experience with Bernie Malikian and all that. And so that meant a lot to me. And that, I think that kind of set the scene for us to have a really good year that first year. And uh, I, I always was indebted to them for, for that and and uh, Ronnie was was something special. He had me laughing uh, <laughs> so much funny. of the time. And uh, but he was he he was a, a great player to coach. And he loved everybody the same. You know, didn't matter who you were.
0: He loved everybody the same. Just yeah,
1: so- and I, and yeah. I, I can remember him befriending you know just pe- kids that would come in the gym and people that a, a lot of other people didn't get much time to. And right. and and Ronnie never met a stranger. You nope. know. So,
0: and that taught me a life lesson, coach. It really did. It really, yeah. really did. I, I learned a lot in his passing. Um, I learned how you treat people. And, yeah. and, and, and I've taken that with me the rest of my life. And the same with Darren, both of them. But um, so let me ask you this. And I definitely want to get into where you are today and what you're doing. But let me ask you one more question. What was it like as a coach? How do you How do you take a team in a moment like that? And then find a rallying point like how do you bring a team together as a coach because I, I, you know I coach a little bit myself but I'm always intrigued by how coaches handle adversity and that's the ultimate adversity right there is to lose your star player in a a tragic instant moment, how do you, how do you go from that to get your team back together and, and really become a family.
1: Well, it wasn't easy by any stretch and we, we had our high points and we had some real low points, um, especially those that were close to Ronnie and Darren. Um, we spent a lot of time praying yeah. and, and meeting together and just kind of talking through it. And every once in a while, we'd have to kind of talk through it again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, even expectations changed on how, what kind of season we would have when you lose somebody like like Ronnie. Uh because we had lost Steve as well to graduation, you know, yeah. and so uh, we were just a different team, but uh, I, I really admire those guys. I think we pulled through it. It wasn't always easy, but um, you know, you have to just let them grieve. And, uh, and, then, and then at times you had to put it aside and say, hey, we've got a game to play. Let's mm-hmm. stick together. And, and a lot, of, as, as they say many times, it can either destroy a team or it can bring a team together. And I think more so it brought us together. I won't say that, you know, we had our moments where it was pretty tough. Yeah. But but I'd say overall, this that group really came together.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's a credit to your leadership because, you know, they're, they're going to look to you as that almost a father figure in that moment. Like, none of us knew what to do. You know, none of us had ever, I don't think most of us had never experienced something like that, especially so quickly. And so, uh, you know, as a campus, we were hurting, but I can't
1: imagine... Yeah. and and, you know you you did a great job well I I remember uh coming back from you know when everybody kind of found out that it happened and I came back to my house uh we were living uh on Koshockton Avenue at that point Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you were over there but my house was just packed full of students and we were all just kind of coming together to to work our you know way through that thing so yeah
0: yeah we went over to sugar street because that's where those guys all lived um right you know and and we went to sugar street and and uh anyway i i didn't want to spend a lot of time on that but but Thank you for your leadership during that time sure. um, is that, you know, and, and especially you, you had to do, I, I got, I got honestly a little choked up when you were talking about going to his family's house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't imagine what that's like. And that's, uh, you
1: know, hope I don't have to ever do it again.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, absolutely. So, well, let's move on to brighter days. Um, you know, and, and I, 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 do hope we see Ron and Darren again one day. I, I, sure. I pray yeah. that we see Ron and Darren again one day, but um, let's move on to brighter days. So, uh, you finish up at Mount Vernon, and then, you know, where did your where did your journey take you to where you are today?
1: Yeah, so um, the year, that last year I was in Mount Vernon, leading up to that, uh, we as a family really felt like maybe there was another chapter. I had been there almost 20 years, and, and I had a great experience at Mount Vernon. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I loved my job. I, I didn't leave a job that I didn't like, you know, it was something that I had to really work through, and we felt a, a call to get in a more secular situation. I had read the book, Roaring Lambs. I don't know if you've heard of that, but mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of opened that up. And and just we, at the same time, our family just felt like this is maybe time for us to take all this preparation. And I, and I feel like students at Mount Vernon are doing the same thing. You know, it's a great place of preparation. Then you have to go out into the world. And yeah. it was my time again to do that. And while I was feeling that, I got a call from Donnie Nelson, who I had coached for two years at Wheaton College, and I had developed a, a close player-coach you know, player relationship with him. And here, some 20 years later, he called me and still called me coach. And at this time, he was now the general manager and president of the Dallas Mavericks. And so he said, hey, I'm, I bought a, a, a D-League team. It's, it's, it's the G-League now. Yeah. But said, I... I, I want you to come out and help me to start this team and, and, and help coach this, this D-League team. And I had been praying a lot before that and really thinking about what's, what's next for us. And so I didn't answer him right away, but I felt really that this was something God brought into our life. I mean, this was the answer to what we had been looking for. And, and really, I would say this, that it was a bigger uh, step for us, a faith step to go to Dallas, Texas, than it was for us later to go to India. Wow! <laughs> because um, I I felt like you know I could have retired at Mount Vernon and things were going well at the time and I, I, I loved our staff and my players. I I'd, I'd been recruiting other kids and but um, that was a big faith step just to leave that security behind to really going into a situation that wasn't that secure. You know, uh, there's a lot of turnover at that level. But uh, we were there two years, um, and it, it was a it was a good experience, a growing experience. Going back to being an assistant coach, mm-hmm. um, and then my second year there, I was actually with Dell Harris, and if some people may may know Dell, he was Kobe's yep. first coach with the Lakers, and yep. I think is a Hall of Fame coach. He was the coach of the year in the NBA, but beyond that, he became a real mentor to me. He he was a strong believer, is a strong believer, and is really one of my great friends now. Wow. But, and and it was interesting because they asked him to come out of retirement and to coach the Texas legends. And he, and he told Don, he says, the only way I'll do that is if you have, if I have Scott as my assistant and if he coaches the road games and I coach the home games, (laughs) because (laughs) he he just didn't want to go on the road anymore. Yeah. Um, And so for me, it was great. I mean, I loved, you know, and I thought I knew a lot of basketball up to that point, but I learned a lot from Dell. He is a, you know, he started in middle school and worked his all, all the way up to 35 years in the NBA. And so I, I was learning from him, but being able to go on the road and be the head coach of the team, that was a great experience for those two years. And so that was our first move. And that led um, to his whole next chapter going to India. Um, the NBA uh, had called Dell and they had connections with the national team in India and and asked if he had anybody to recommend, and so he put my name forward and asked me if 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 I'd mind if he'd recommend me. And I thought at the time, basketball in India. I never even knew they had basketball in right. India. You no. Know? Yeah. And uh, but again, this was something that uh, Sean and I prayed about. We talked about, and I had a good friend long ago say something that has stuck with me, and and there was a big reason why I went to India. He said you know, you want to do what you do best and go where it's needed most. Mm. And that kind of stuck with me because India needed a lot of help with basketball mm. uh, at the national team level. And I also saw it as, as a chance to be kind of a tech-making missionary. You know, they, they don't let missionaries into India. Uh, but this was a, a great platform to go in there and share what's more important to me than the basketball even. And that's pretty important. Yeah, right. Uh, so. <laughs> um that's when so that we we took off for for india uh and i was there almost three years as the national coach and it had its challenges you know india is not for everybody it's not an easy place to live but um i have still to this day great relationship with those players that i coach in the national team and and many of the i did a lot of coaching of coaches Mm -hmm. uh, did a lot of clinics there and i worked with even the younger kids in some of the national camps and so it was um I, I would do it all over again I have no regrets with that so um, and 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 now I'm back for my second stint in India I had a short stint at NNU I, I I was coming to a close for different reasons personally and just with what was happening with the federation there that I needed to to look for another position and um, that was another godsend that the the job opened up at North, Northwest Nazarene University in Idaho and and um, long story short, I ended up applying for that and and going and interviewed and and they offered me the position. And so I thought that I'd be there for years, I was going to build another program, uh, like I did at Mount Vernon. And two years into it, I I was out fishing actually on the lake, I like to fish, I don't do it enough. (laughs) And I got a I, I got a call from the NBA saying, Would you consider applying for the director of basketball operations in India? And I pretty much told them no. You know i i just i'd only been here a short time i wasn't sure my wife wanted to go back there i mean i just didn't feel like this was the time but the problem was i was out on that lake for another six hours and uh god started speaking to me and just saying you know you at least need to to be open and listen and, and and so i called my brother and i talked to him a while for some counsel and then you know i thought if i go home and and sean says no way we're going back to <laughs> India. That would be the end of it. But when I got home and I talked to her, she was really open to it, maybe more than I was at that mm-hmm. point. And then I called all my kids and they were saying, dad, you should do this. This is a great opportunity. So uh, we went back to India for, I mean, I got the position. We went back to India for the second time. And so I've hold, I've had two different positions. I started off uh, at grassroots basketball, just helping to build infrastructure and just do, working a lot with youth and young coaches and then this last year I, I really missed being on the court and coaching so yeah. I talked to them about we had an opening and so I became the head coach and technical director at the NBA Academy and so that's what I've been doing over the last year and a half and it's it's been really rewarding in, in a lot of ways and I don't know what the future holds but right now uh, that's what I'm doing uh, virtually like we're doing right now I, I talk to my players and uh, and coaches and a lot of the people in New York and with the NBA, just trying to keep things rolling while we're not on the court.
0: What a unique time for, for all of that. Um, and I, what I, what I appreciate that you said in there is, you know, my, my, my belief has always been that, um, you know, you gotta be open, you gotta be available. Yeah. If if you, if you do those two things, God's going to direct your paths, you know, and, um, you been both. <laughs> you, I mean, and, and that's, those are, those are radical moves. Um, had you ever been to India before that
1: opportunity? No, not at all. Uh, we took the position, you know, sight unseen. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was definitely um, something we felt really a peak, at peace with, and did, did God wanted us to go there. And so you just have to go, you know? Right. And um, it, we, we, it was a, I mean, the first when I was there the first year I was there people would ask me what India was like and and the only way I could really tell them was every day, you see something you've never seen before. <laughs> and, I mean, I would drive through the city going to practice and I, this is in the middle of Delhi, which is a, a city of about 20 million people. Yeah. And on my left, I'd see an elephant coming by and then here comes a camel, you know, and, um, and You just can't make those things up. And besides people wall to wall, if you right. think of 20 million people, um, it was a, uh, you know, twice as big as New York City. So yeah. um, it was it was a unique experience. And then I got to travel all over India to, to rural areas and different cities. And, and so that was really enjoyable. And, and Sean got to go with me a lot of those places. And then we traveled quite a bit even out of the, the country, our national team, when I was there, you know, we played in the Philippines, and we played in China, and then even with the NBA, we've been to Hungary and Australia and different places that uh, really, you know, this is where basketball. I, I, I could say basketball has been really good to me because yeah. it's it's allowed me to travel all over the world on somebody else's dime and yeah. and be able to see these places that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So
0: that, that that's all incredible. I mean, I not a lot of elephants and camels in Mount Vernon.
1: No, I, I haven't seen too many, and and, the so thing, and there are dogs in Mount Vernon, but not about a million of them that you see in Delhi. So, right, <laughs> straight, stray dogs. So I, I
0: can't imagine packing up the family and moving to Indiana, or India, not Indiana. That, that'd be even weirder. But but India, um, sight unseen, even that that is incredible. How long did it take you to just adapt to the culture? Because I got to think the culture is completely different, right?
1: Uh, I'm still working on that, you know, (laughs) but you know, I've been there almost five years now. And so, um, you know, Sean and I've taught, we we can do India. It's not easy. It's not for everybody, but I think we've, we've adapted and, you know, there, there there's some tough days, processes, you know, take forever. Uh, It's, and here's something I had to do. You can't compare it to home. Mm. Um, You know, my first month and a half, as much as I knew I couldn't do this, I kept thinking, well, it's not like this in the U.S. This is not like it was in Texas or or, or Idaho or Ohio. But I think as soon as I quit doing that and, and just quit comparing it to the U.S. and embrace their culture, embrace where we were, things really got, you know, a lot better. So, yeah. Can you worship in Indiana? India? I keep saying you know, I, I, you know, it's funny you keep saying that, because when I tell people I'm from India in the in the US, here they always say, Indiana, we're in Indiana. I, I'm no, no, this is India. India yeah. like 8000 miles away. Right. You no, know, you really can't. Christianity is a as uh, a minority there. I mean, it's only one or two percent of people and most of them are uh, either Hindu, Sikh or Muslim. And, uh, but there are some, we, we, we've been a part of some great churches and we are still even, we, we've been worshiping uh, with our church now on, on, on zoom, yeah. but we were a part of a church in Mumbai uh, as well as, as Delhi, that they're a small group of committed Christians. Uh, I would say 85, 90% are Indian people. And then there are a few outsiders like us that are part of the fellowship. But um, I have so much admiration for them because there are so few Christians and it, it's really not looked upon very positively by most people, but they have really uh, made an impact and they they have changed our lives being in churches like that. Now, you said
0: you're able to share your faith. Is that is that dangerous where, where you are?
1: You know, it, it can be. Um, I'm really not supposed to do that. Um, there are even... Laws or rules saying you know, as a Christian, you can't really openly share your faith. And I guess I've been a little deviant in that—that that I, I do it more than they, I, I'm supposed to. But I also have to be careful. And even working for the NBA, um, I have to be careful there. But um, but we've had our chances, and I and I think a lot of it is modeling um, what Christ has done in you, and then the questions come, and how can you be this way? one of the biggest things that um has probably happened is how we treat people and you talked about ronnie how he treats everyone well in india i'm a really oddball because you know there's still the caste system is still you know kind of alive and well in india Hmm. and um how the, the the lowly people the people that are on the streets or even the the workers like like the like the uh Uh, janitors and the drivers and the cooks and those kind of people are not treated very well by the haves you know they're treated like the have-nots and and when I went into India and just started treating everyone equally just because that's who I was that's what my family taught and that's what my faith has me do um, it was really odd and they saw something different in me a lot of people would ask those questions and I know I'm no different than probably you are or many people would act while they're in India but this is it's a really different thing When I would, you know, my driver, uh, Arvind, became my best friend in India. And it went from being a driver to being just a great buddy. You know, rather than sitting in the back, I would sit up front. And we ended up taking him to church um, every Sunday, Sean and I did, and to the point where he made a commitment, uh, a faith commitment. And uh, we still have... contact with him and our and our cook Minu uh, has become like a family member Sean and Minu are really close to this day and we've actually hired her again um, here in Delhi and and she doesn't work she only comes about once a week but we just wanted to keep commitment to her and um, her family has become like family to us and so those those are the those are the really great things about India
0: yeah. No, that what, what an amazing story you guys have. I mean, really, to go from Mount Vernon to India, I got it right that time. I didn't say India. <laughs> <You> did. <laughs> So, all right, left field question. And, and, and one of the ground rules of unscripted is if you can't answer the question or don't want to answer the question, you're free to say pass, because okay. it is unscripted. We didn't change the script here. So unscripted left field question. And I'm even going to make it easier because normally I, my thought was, tell me the my, your favorite player you ever coached, but I'm, I'll make it easy because I don't want to have to single, I don't want you to have to go back to some guys and be like, man, I, I, you were number two. So give me the top, what are the top five players
1: that you've ever coached at any level and why? Yeah, boy, that's a, that's a, that is a tough one. Um, I, I could probably run off about a hundred or more. Yeah here. I've coached about 500 players now at this point. Wow. And so, uh, you know, if you're talking about Mount Vernon days, boy, um, that's tough. They're just, there were just so many, you know, early on, especially, you know, I told you about Ronnie and Steve, how they accepted me. And I, and I, to this day, um, was so thankful for that. And Steve and I have stayed in contact. in fact, I hired him as my assistant coach and, you know, and then we hired him as the, the women's coach. So that was a great relationship with, were those two and then you know later on there was Kenny Chafin you know he was somebody that had a full ride to go to western Michigan and um and before he ever got there turned them down and and decided he wanted to come to Mount Vernon that's awesome and, and I was thankful for that and uh, there aren't many guys I've had a, plenty of them that have gone to division one schools and then decided they wanted to transfer but you know Kenny made that decision even with a full ride sitting in front of him to go to Western Michigan and came to Mount Vernon. He ended up being an all American and helped us to win the national championship against Gardner Webb there, which was probably the greatest win wow. we ever had. So yeah, that's uh, that his senior year. And then I, and I think of three, three players that all had gone to military schools and, you know, at the time they wanted to be division one players, uh, but especially, you know, guys like Phil Argento and Ben Falkenberg, Uh, And so some of those guys that, you know, they want to be division one players. So they went to these military schools and decided, I don't think I want to be a military man. And (laughs) it's a lot harder than I thought. And so they came back transferred. And, and that's why, you know, in recruiting and I'm sure coach Beal or any of the coaches would say, you never want to burn bridges. You never, when somebody decides to go somewhere else, right. uh, You want them to think of you first when, when it doesn't work out. And so you wish them well and just say, Hey, we're always here if in case it doesn't work out. And so um you know we've had a lot of players I think a Jason Hall um that, that that came from Bowling Green yep um he was starting a lot of games uh, his sophomore year at, at Bowling Green and then he had it was really a spiritual thing for him that he decided he wanted to leave there and he came to Mount Vernon and that was our first team that went to the Nationals yeah um, and he was he was an All-American and uh to this day again I only coached him one year but he made such an impact to get us really you know we were trying to get there and he was the guy that that put us in there and that was the first of eight you know eight eight trips to the NAI Nationals and so that was you know I think of him but you yeah, man there are so many more Aaron that uh, I could think of um but, but those are a few along the way well that's an unfair question
0: now that you've answered <laughs> it. that was an unfair question because 500 I mean you know the, the, I mean I've, I've coached you know, uh, on a low level, obviously yeah. nowhere near where you have, but you know, you always have your players and, and they're all special. Doesn't yeah, let, me,
1: let me tell you about one. I'll, I'll jump way ahead to the Texas legends. And I had, and you may know this name. I had uh, Antonio Daniels. Oh yeah. Bowling on, green. Yeah. On our team. And he was a third, third pick in the NBA draft had a long NBA career and he had been injured and he came down and played with the Texas legends for the two years that I was there. And, you know, he, he at the time, he wasn't a believer, but he was a leader, and he was willing to come down and be a mentor to these young players. Most of them were young players right out of college, and uh, and we had some really good talks. Uh, and since then, he's become a really strong believer. That's him. awesome. He was close to divorce; his family was breaking up, and they're all they've reconciled. They're back together, and I just think the world of him. And and he was a pretty good player too. Yeah. So uh, that that's one that sticks out to me as well. My my wife
0: will love that story. She's a she's a Bowling Green grad. Okay. And she shared a class with Antonio Daniels. So exactly. the one NBA player, when we're watching, now he's out of the NBA now, but when he would right. play and a game would be on, she'd hear Antonio Daniels and that was her moment. She'd get all excited
1: because yeah.
0: she had a class with Antonio Daniels. Well,
1: he was a great player, played yeah. on some great teams at San Antonio. And, Antonio yeah. and then when I was there, he actually got called up twice. He was called up to, I think, the Washington Wizards and then maybe the 76ers. But, you know, because he he was he was a veteran guy, just yeah. just had lost a step and was a little bit coming back from injuries. So. Yeah. Columbus kid too, because I remember yeah.
0: seeing him down at the college high school, yeah. I
1: believe. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Great, great kid. And my, my wife will love that story because she, she, thankfully, she listens to all these. She may be the only person, but, but she listens to all my podcasts. And that so, was for her.
1: That was for her. <laughs>
0: Thank you, coach. <laughs> Again, unscripted. We didn't even know that was going to happen. So, well, I could, I could honestly talk basketball all night because there's a whole X's and O's, I'd love to, to just sit down and, and go through with you. But um, you've been gracious enough with your time. I, I don't want to take too much of your time tonight. I'm so thankful that this was last minute. Um, and, and I will tell you that over the years, um, you know, I, I we didn't know each other well, obviously, at Mount Vernon. But um, obviously, all my best friends played for you. Aaron Reynolds is one of my best guys. You know, all, all
1: those guys. are. Really- you should have dropped by my office. We could have been best buds if you had. <laughs> it's open 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 office. I might
0: swing over to India. Maybe I'll swing over. Hey,
1: anytime. You got a place to stay if you do.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm I'm definitely gonna keep that in mind. But but uh, what one thing I have have done over the years. uh, Again, I never know how it happens, but we follow each other on Twitter, um, and I've always been just so so um, respectful of, of of what you put out on Twitter and how hard you work and how you promote what you do and all those things, um, you know, there's just, there's, there's a lot of bad on Twitter you know, there's, there's a lot of garbage out there, but there's yeah. some people that I just, that I really, really respect so much. And you're one of those guys. And so when I put out an invitation and you say, yeah, absolutely. I'll come on. I it blows me away. Um, I'm, I'm so, so thankful that you would come on, especially on short
1: notice. Well, I'm, I'm an old guy that uses social media some because the NBA for one, the NBA wants me to. And so I put out a lot of NBA things, but then probably the other thing, just trying to, throw out encouraging sayings or some things that are, that I'm going through. And I, hopefully, you know, it can be used for a, some positive too.
0: Yeah. Well, coach, you, you have, and honestly, I mean that, you know, those, those are the two places that I love seeing what you're doing in India. Cause I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Cause it's just such a culture shift. And I love the leadership stuff and just that encouragement that you have. Um, and I, again, I'm so thankful for your time. And I I, I don't want to revisit it again, but I do want to tell you that, um, you know, you, you saw a basketball team and then those that were somewhat related to the basketball team like myself um, through a really hard season. And uh, I give you a lot of credit for that. Um, I know we've talked about it, but I want to mention it again. I just, I always have had so much respect for you in light of that, that situation. So a question I have to ask, um, would you have picked up a kid that was an intramural champion to play for the team if he ever tried out? I'm just asking.
1: Yeah. Well, we had a few of those, you know, I mean, I, here's was my philosophy when I was at Mount Vernon, we would keep about, in fact, I think Mike Wells would probably fit into that
0: category. (laughs) Absolutely. Wells and I were on the same intramural team. So, and I'm going to have him on
1: tomorrow night. So. (laughs) Okay. Well, you tell them, cause uh, you know, um, we had about 15 players on on the team at Mount Vernon and usually the last three were walk on players. And my philosophy there was I, I didn't want three players begging for playing time and everything else. I wanted, players that we're going to bring something else to the team yeah you know whether it's an attitude or just being a cheerleader or being a leader or an act you know somebody get the other guys you know uh tutor them and academically or whatever but you know um and and i say that kind of kiddingly but mike wells was our 14th 15th man and and um the it came to the point where he wasn't going to play that next year. And you can ask him about this, but All right. <laughs> I, I, I said, you know, you're not going to play much. What do you think about being a student coach, you know, with our team? And he didn't, wasn't really privy to the idea right away. You know, he would just, he was just going to go into business. You mm-hmm. know, he was a Mount Vernon kid. Yep. And after a couple of days, he said, okay, I'll try it. Uh, well, here we are about 30 years later and he's been in the NBA about 25 years. Uh, you know, he was with us, I think about three years as, as an assistant. And, and I can remember, uh, you know, just challenging him, um, t- to go on and move on. And, and, uh, he, he, he applied for all kinds of jobs. I, I won't take too much of his thunder away here, but, you know, he ended up, uh, we had talked about all the, you know, NBA teams and he ended up going to Houston without any commitment, And he was- basically working as an intern on the business side. And then, you know, five years later, he's telling Akeem on how to shoot a hook shot. (laughs) uh, Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and so what, how proud I am of him. And we we brought um, Mike out to India two years ago. Uh, we have this basketball without borders that the NBA has. So, all the best players from Asia came in. And so, we bring in about four NBA players and about four coaches. And I talked to New York about hey, can we bring Mike? You know, they all call him Wellesley. But yeah. can we bring Wellesley out here? And uh, so, so he came out and we had a great time together and he did a fabulous job. And I, I he, he's another guy. If you talk, you know, he wasn't a great player, but I'm so proud of what he's done. And he's a great. Great coach, great coach.
0: Well, I'm so excited to talk to him tomorrow. It's been it's been a minute since we talked. Uh, It's been a while. We obviously keep in touch on on social media, but uh, as you say, Wellesley and I have some stories. Uh, A few of them may not be may not be suitable for the podcast, (laughs) but uh, we we had a lot of fun. And and I'm as you said, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of so many people from Mount Vernon that um, you know it's it's just special, and I I can't explain it uh, to again to have my son be on that hill, on that same campus now is, is really special for me. You know,
1: I tell people this, and, and I really it, – it's true. There aren't many days that I don't hear from a former player. Yep. Uh, one way or another, whether it's social media or a text message or a call or email, and you know, a lot of them from Mount Vernon, but, you know, now it's it's grown to India and and Idaho and Texas and all these places, and that's, that's what – you know, I'm as competitive as they as they come, and I love to win games. But I'll tell you, the reason I'm doing this is for that. You know, yeah. And there's, uh it just, uh, it's a great thing to hear from these players and hear what they're doing and how proud I am of so many of them.
0: Yeah. Well, coach, you've you've cast your shadow uh, even to a guy that sat not on your bench, but close in close proximity. Um, you know, you cast your shadow when you were there. You continue to cast your shadow even on someplace like Twitter. Uh, I'm so thankful for your time, and um, you know, I, I just I wish you the best. I'll continue to follow all of your travels and, and your journey as well. And thank you for your leadership, even yeah. to like me that that never
1: played for you. I really well. Well, thanks for doing this. This is a great idea, and you do have an invitation to come to India. You have a place to stay. All right, I'm gonna make it happen.
0: I'm gonna okay. make it happen, you, <laughs> and then I, you got to take me to all the all the right spots because I there know.
1: Yeah, you like Indian food? It's it's pretty great. I'll tell you. Not sure. (laughs) sure. So, well,
0: Coach, thanks so much. Have a great night. Thanks for being a part of this, and uh, God bless you and all you do. Thanks, Aaron. Absolutely. All right.